Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. This is Episode 9, Skylar Sullivan, The Choice of No Bounds, Act 2, recorded June 2nd, 2017, at Pacific Beach, San Diego, California. Screaming about irrevocability Let's burn some bridges, earn some stitches And fight our own way free Cause the rules don't lie But they don't apply to people like you and me Let's start it up now 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 Now they say it's all decided All divided, all laid out and the pushcart man with a three-part plan Can't understand what you're shouting about But when the past they plow the lives aloud Are the only roads you can see Just remember the walls were built to fall For people like you and me Let's start it up now 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 July 18th, 2018 The House of representatives defeated an amendment that would have cut funding to the National Endowment for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Humanities. According to the Americans for the Arts, which is where I get my arts policy news, quote, the House voted down the Grothman Amendment by a vote of 114 to 297. This is one of the largest vote margins in support of the endowments in the U.S. House. This bipartisan showing and resounding vote is a testament to the power of the arts in our communities, schools, lives, and careers. There hasn't been a floor vote like this since 2011, end quote. And uh, they go on to say, quote, we are proud and excited to know publicly and on the record just how strongly supported the national endowments are by our elected officials in Congress on both sides of the aisle, end quote. <sighs> Y'all, this was a beacon of light in the midst of a t- pretty tumultuous time in our nation and with our president. Uh, I've been pretty vocal about not being a fan of this president. And day after day, he continues to show exactly why that is. He put Russia first on July 16th on the world stage rather than defending the U.S. and its intelligence community, effectively putting America last. There has been backtracking, there has been clarifying and such since then, but I believe that there is a clear reason why he did what he did. And he continues to make that transparent. I will leave it there. In this act, Skylar and I debate what makes an artist in terms of practice, uh, the percentages of an artist in the term teaching artist, creating a a teaching artist community on the regional level, and (laughs) so much more, all while, frankly, (laughs) the beach happenings and shenanigans just continue to ramp up. So have a ball (laughs) listening to this second act. Here is Skylar Sullivan, episode nine, act two, the choice of no bounds. Come on out, San Diego's a a great place. It sounds like there's a lot of good work happening here. There is some work happening here, yeah. And and, and artistically too, there's a lot of really interesting smaller companies out here. I mean, the bigger companies are doing good stuff too. We're sending, I mean, all those shows, that La Jolla does, you're going to get in New York. You're probably going to get Escape from Margaritaville next, as you have Come From Away I've heard, there right now. I've heard of it. And uh, all the other shows that they're doing up there. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a really thriving art scene here, which lends to, you know, then why not bridge that education gap? Exactly, exactly. So, so I like this gap thing that you're talking about. I was saying before, before we start, got on here, um, or started recording, that um, my hope is that this this podcast helps, you know, people.
emerging into the field, learn more about different different kinds of career pathways. Yours is very different than, um, say, Penelope's or um, uh, uh, definitely <laughs> Penelope's or Shoba's. You know, um, what what kind of advice would you have to give somebody who is about to or in the midst of doing you know their first TA gig at sure. Luke, for example. Well, I mean, and I'm going to assume something off the bat, and maybe this is the wrong assumption, but that there to even get into an arena where you're considering applying for a teaching artist gig, that you have to have some sort of curiosity or, or um, wonderment about the arts, and that, and I think if 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 you don't have that, then I'm not sure why you would would want to talk about teaching artistry. So I think I think what's unique about it is this art, is the art, right? So it's like you need to find your way into the art somehow. Um, so that it doesn't just turn into, you know, a, 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 a young, um, like a, uh, what am I talking about? Like a classroom teacher that, yeah. that sort of burned out on the system, but wants to kind of shake it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there's room for that, but there has to be a curiosity about an art form or yeah. about being creative. And I don't, and I don't know if it's necessary. I think at some point you need to study something or at yeah. least soak up some kind of artistic training to get some of the background and the language and the discipline about it because that's what's going to make that's what's going to really set you apart from a normal educator is is your backbone in the arts yeah and 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 how much you decide to study that is up to you i think if you're the kind of person who's curious and who can and asks a lot of questions and and, and likes to either teach themselves things or take classes you it, there has to be some some something in there that either you're practicing as an artist or that you've studied at some point for some length of time as an artist. Mm-hmm. Without that, I, I don't know where the conversation can Right, so, so what I'm hearing you say is you have to be an artist. <laughs> because I think art, you know, there I'm are... trying not to be, try not to shut anyone down who okay. doesn't have any art, artist training because I think, I think that is true. I think you need, you don't just, maybe you don't even need to identify as an artist, but you need to have some connection into being curious about the arts and have enough of a curiosity for you to practice and study something on any level got it and you can start there because if, if, if you're looking to change your career you could you know you could take a painting class at some point and, and after that three months or something you can bring that into whatever your program is that you're doing so right. you know the thing about artists and learners are is that you're I'm like I'm still studying right yeah. so I'm still taking class I'm still putting myself into workshops I'm still learning as an artist and yeah. I'm still and I just did a show, so I had an opportunity to grow as an artist by practicing what it is I do. Right. And I think that's that's a part of it too. So you need some some sort of practice. Once you have that, then I mean the teaching skills, and maybe you could argue which which are harder, and it might be who you're talking about. Some people might think it's harder to get the artistic skills and stick to a practice mm-hmm. than it is to learn teaching and, and get that under your belt. Some people the teaching might come easier, and then you know how do what, what kind of basically what are you bringing to your lesson yeah are you bringing story like you need you need some kind of art to bring into this lesson yeah yeah absolutely that's yeah yeah that's so nice. i mean like yeah like, I, work, I, get into an artistry i find that my students in my the class so they take the teaching arts class day one i'm like what kind of artist are you and inevitably always there's there's you know a handful of, of um people who can't like have a lot of trouble just saying it just saying it out loud yeah and um you know i've thought about not making them do that but then i think no you know no, that's, I think that's the point is way that, to start. Uh, you know let's start there and then i have them like write it down on a piece of paper and th- literally write like all the things they love about that being that type of artist and i do ask them to be very specific about the type so it can't just be sure you know theater but, but like actor director playwright a troubadour, whatever it is, right. and it could be just what they're feeling that day. It doesn't have to be forever, you know. But I'm just trying to get them to, to go through that exercise, and there, it's always, um, you know, a part of conversation. I usually read about it in their final journals, where they're like, "That first day was so hard." Yeah. But then it, it helps them to understand, like, yeah, I need to, I need to practice, and I do say the similar things about like, practice to you could be about taking a class, or even, you know. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be about getting paid. No, of course or not. Or anything like that. It's just it. a matter of like it's time going spent. to the library and reading some books. Yeah. It could be it's knowledge or going to the music. Exactly, it's knowledge. It's time spent 
in, a, in something you're interested in so that when you get into a classroom and somebody and a kid is having a, a tr trouble with something your possibility binder in your brain opens and because you've studied it and you've been through it you have four different ways to help this kid out yeah. that's where it's going to come yeah. into handy with, with you you know because you've you've done it you've, you've been there you know how to help somebody else who's going through the same thing and that's where your art is going to really give you the knowledge to, to get yourself out of that situation in the classroom and it happens all the time right so it's like as our teaching artists brains are facilitating when something comes up or, or you're you know let's say we're devising something with kids and, yeah. and a kid is having a tr having trouble you know you you will know how to handle that situation if you're missing that piece of art you'll I feel like you will only be able to attack that as a, as a, as a normal normal but a, as a more traditional educator who only has a limited amount of tools to use right so that's what makes us different. We have more tools. We have more ways in. We have more language that's more inclusive and can help kids to to be successful. And that's the art. That's what it's based. That's what it's based on, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's tricky to say you need to be an. And I, I kind of believe that you need to be an artist, but I think that there are probably wonderful teaching but, artists out there that do not identify as artists, and they're doing good work. But I, but from my experience, my two cents. That's what I fall back on, is my training and my practice as an artist informs how I'm teaching all the time. I'm just curious about, like, our friends. We're being serenaded. We are being serenaded. Yeah. Stand by for song. Stand by. And I think that's a larger conversation that I'm always curious about when I go to the conferences. Yeah. I, I always want to get into this conversation. This conversation we're having about how much art do you need and how much of an artist do you need to identify to be a teaching artist. I think it's, I would love to have another voice in here of somebody who thinks differently than me. I would love to talk about it with them. Maybe we could do that. That's the next one. That's a forum version of this. I'm where we actually, actually tackle that question. How much artists? Yeah. How much? How much? Artist? How much do you actually have had to study, or how much do you need to identify as an artist to be a teaching artist? Is that a quantifiable well, thing? I guess. Except, what is the point of being a teaching artist if you're not actually an artist? Because it's because it's more fun than being sometimes a regular educator. There's less rules. There's less red tape than right, if you're going to be I, a classroom if teacher. I want, if I, I feel like there are people who have done both. Yeah. They, they started out as a teaching artist and now they're a classroom teacher, okay. a drama teacher, sure. an art specialist, so they are working full-time for a school. And vice versa, there are people who were a uh, classroom teacher, became an artist and then <laughs> teaching artist and then sure. went back. I feel like there are there are people, and, you know, and it could be, it could be career, it could be money, like I don't know, but there are, when they make those choices, and they stick with being a teacher, for example. I feel like there's a regimented thing. There's something about that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly, but I'm, I'm Try, curious about it. because I think you're onto something. Because I feel like Olivia. there's a... Olivia. Hold on. Stand by for, for yelling. Stand by for public. <laughs> the people are in it today. Everyone's feeling it. I love it. Oh. No, finish your thought. <laughs> Uh, my thought, okay, so I'm thinking about a couple of people specifically, people who have been a teaching artist, right? So there's like a, our, our current, one of our uh, current school liaisons, she used to be a teaching artist with me at Roundabout, and now she's a drama specialist, and she's very organized and regimented, and, you know, she chooses all the things for the different grades, all the shows for the different grades, and just has, like, I, do, I don't know... Um, so there's that, and then <laughs> and then like Michael Lopez, right? So I was he was say, a classroom yeah. teacher. He, then he, he was a teaching artist for many years, and then now he's a he's been he's a classroom teacher in Massachusetts, right? right? Or a drama teacher. Sure. And, um, I think that he was always a great drama teacher, in my opinion. He, I loved working with him as an artist. I loved the fact that he found his artistry again. Um, or you know, it seemed like he like wrote that book. And he was in some acting. He was in a show. Like, wasn't he in a thesis show in your school? Um, 
Was Not that I know of. Well, who am I making? He might have been in a, a McKenna's project. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're a different program. Sorry, different program. But, but same school. Yeah, he might have done that. Together. But, like, but, like, that experience, I'm sure, has has impacted how he behaves as a classroom teacher. Absolutely. I'm positive of that. I would agree with that. And I think, I think the big thing is, is, like, when you go through your different li- parts of your life, some of us have the luxury, like, or maybe it's not luxury, but can handle the temperament of, of a teaching artist schedule, right? So there's a certain right. person who can handle not knowing what you're doing two weeks from now. Right. And and there are people who need structure and, and would re- feel more comfortable and thrive in a, in a classroom setting that's a year-long contract. So I think, it, I think knowing who you are and what you need to, you know, be be healthy and happy is part of that because a teaching artist schedule is not for everybody and the idea of I was a classroom teacher as well and going back into that makes me nervous because I like I like the freedom to go do a show or to pick up a really cool gig or to go up to that hospital once a week and work with kids I couldn't do any of that if I was if I had a structured contract so it depends on what are your goals like what kind of programs do you want to work for what kind of settings do you want to find yourself in? Right. Do you want to teach in, you know, in parks? Do you want to teach in, in community centers? Do you want to teach in schools for theaters? There's a lot of different options and ways into using art in an educational setting, whether you're going to call yourself a teaching artist or not. Yeah. What's the best thing about being a teaching artist? There are so many. I. I mean, the the reason I've stuck with with teaching kids so long is that moment that you have with a kid where they actually process what you, what it is and they apply it and they do it. That I still get chills on my my whole body when that happens, and and I love that. So you know, you're working with these kids, and then that kind of translates out into them taking ownership of their lives and becoming those humans of who they are, who they want to be Agency. in this world. Agency. I love that when it's like future orientation, changing lives. Yeah, I mean, that's the best part of me is actually like seeing a kid step up or grow in a way that that I that I now know that they're going to be a little better off in this world because they have a a new skill. Stand by for a surf report. Thank you, surf report. That's David Hasselhoff. And Zach Efron. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. That's my favorite. Another huge favorite is that I get to do my art in the class. Like that is, I don't know, sharing that. I, I've had a lot of wonderful teachers across the years in my own artistic practice. And I feel a, a huge uh, responsibility to pass that on. So passing on my knowledge as an artist to the next generation is a big part of it for me too. Do you? Um, are you interested in like, having a school or anything like that? Like I used to think like so. Um, yeah, I, I kind of look at like like the thing that I keep talking about my friend Mandy, who she has this wonderful training facility up there and she is an incredible administrator and an incredible performer and artist. And, you know, this is the first time running this education department that I've had a chance to be an administrator and I'm learning a lot about it. I'd have to say it's I'm not the best at it, but I'm learning. And we'll see as my years unfold as an administrator if I if I really take that on and, and, and do that or if I, I think knowing my personality being more of the drop-in for a, a, a week long or two week long workshop in a, in a facility is is kind of more my jam I like I like I love traveling I love working with you people yeah. um, and I would much rather be in the trenches and on the floor teaching than just being an administrator so I'm happy to do both yeah I hear that Skyler are you still teaching? I get to teach maybe once a year in okay. terms of like inside the new big programs. Right. But um, you have a class that you have a college class, right? I do have a college class. Okay, so you're still maybe teaching. Maybe I'll get some more. Who knows? But um, how much of your own artistry do you bring into that class? Into the teaching arts class, yeah. I do. I do actually quite a bit. Like I, I teach a few like specific lessons to show them how how you can use theater. Or showcasing my theater skills for them, so I do once and for all, all the time, all the time. It's, it always works, and like show them how, like, look how much theater literacy you're getting just yeah. from this like That's 20 cool. minutes activity. Um, and then 
I also do a pre-show lesson plan. I switch it up between Skellig and Nevermore. Nice. And Nevermore is actually more fun because you can go way into character and like yeah. the seance and all that stuff. Is Skelly um, doing with the big bird and all that? The with the man bird. Yeah, yeah. that was a good one. Too. That was a good one too. That, that was one I of the most me. magical workshops we had at Lexington for that. So I get really excited when I get to do that because oh, it that's reminds me of that. Yeah. Um, remember that? Oh my god! Oh man, I do good. remember. We're like, let's build this crazy yeah. place, and they were all just staring at us. And what happened? Did I like push a chair over or something? I was like, see, this could be something. And I like knocked it over, and they were like, what? And then it just exploded from there. I know. And Liz playing the Skellig. Yeah. I mean, it was just... We're oh. talking about a really great workshop we had at the Lexington School for the Deaf, where we really saw the classroom culture change, and the teacher, and, and the teacher, classroom teacher, Liz Walter, who we've mentioned on this before, um, really took it on and really gave the kids, everyone, permission to just go for it. That's an amazing example of, of taking the lead from, you know, because we can get up there and say anything we want and do anything we want. Yeah. But when somebody who doesn't normally make those choices or a teacher who they the kids have never seen really open up in that way, oh, what cool things. And, and you know, the, goal, the, hope, the hope is that that continues after we leave. Exactly. Exactly. That, that is a very memorable teaching experience for me as a going. Story. Yeah, we're still going. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so I try to re replicate that, <laughs> those moments inside of the, the grad course that I teach and um, I'm trying to juicy, make it even more juicy. I also have some guests come in and, and teach. So each year that's a new, that's always a new uh, piece of curriculum that we teach. Very cool. Um, I tend to focus it on the, the theater stuff, um, but this year actually I had I had a, a whole bunch of students who were visual artists. Oh yeah. So I di I, I did the Skellig one because I thought that the making the garage was felt more visual. Uh huh. And they, I, I was so nervous because they were so reticent and quiet and worried about the theater thing. And then that that was the same thing where like everything just changed. I was, that's usually week three. Yeah. And they stopped being like, what's going on? And they were like, it. I mean, what they created yeah, was fun. amazing. And then it was after that session that like two of the visual artists like rolled up on me after class and was like, I love this class so much. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad. Good. I'm so, so glad. Yeah, it was a good group this year. This, uh, to, to be honest, this is the first year since I've been teaching that course. I think this is the sixth one, two, three, four, five, six year. Uh -huh. uh, it's offered every spring. That I gave all A's. Really? All A's. And that was because they were. They were. They just, really they did just it did, up. They did it up, and they really like all that reticence that had, you know people who were worried. Either they dropped the class. <laughs> <laughs> you strong or they pushed out of through there. to like. Well, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I know. I don't take those things personally, but yeah, I was like, I just had one course. Who knows? It doesn't matter. The, the end of the like the work, the group ended up really congealing, and like that's the thing about trying to create because that's the one place that I teach alone. Interesting, right? So everything else I teach uh, in pairs or yeah. in groups, and this is the one in the college level is the one place that I teach alone, and I love it because I I do I get to like mold and you know and be malleable and sort of figure out what the best things are like there's a framework obviously but then I, I i sort of specify the content or the people if i'm bringing in guests specifically for that group so that's something i really enjoy and i like the the mentorship aspect of that class yeah um because people are still trying to figure out what they're going to do and they're in different places within their uh, their grad school career most most people should be taking it towards the end of their time some people take it there earlier but right. either way I can't even begin to tell you like I don't know let's say let's say let's just say I've, I've worked with a hundred people over the last six years let's like give or take yeah of those hundred people I would say probably like 30% of them are working as teaching artists really yeah so where how do you, do you have like do they just find an organization or what is that what is that step well, part how does of that, the, how does part that work? Of the framework of the class is is to give them pedagogy to give them understanding of like what's happening and like what what um, 
At least there's free entertainment. It is. Um, I try to give them pedagogy, and that's where I do a lot of my teaching. And then the right. second half is a lot of like, okay, by the end of this semester, if you want to do this as a job, you should be able to get a job. So I do the panel. You sat on the panel. Uh-huh. I do the like the interview and the application session. Um, they create their own work that then they they actually do teach 10 minutes of an activity that they wrote in their, their group work. Um, so, like, to give them that, you know, the experience of having yeah. that, that you know, observation. It's like any do. profession, you know, you, you, you start somewhere. Yeah. Like, like those small organizations I was mentioning when I got to New York, or you find one after-school program, yeah. and, and you start to build your resume. And then exactly. after, you know, a number of years, if, you're, if it's still for you, and you're, and you're, you're still hopefully building your artistic practice and your knowledge of the art then and you start to climb up and you start to you start to become affiliated with you know uh different organizations that may be closer to, to what you want to be doing and exactly. and then you you know you get you kind of climb the tier like any job and like then, any, exactly and, and so i do the uh, the, the tap tool with them you know the tap what's tool. that um it's a teaching artist pathways tool okay and it's it's to track career, so it could either be like what have you already done, and like start dreaming about where you want to go, cool. or looking and and saying these are the things that I didn't realize I was doing that actually was teaching artist work. So it's, it helps them sort of come up with their cool. their goals, which is great. I mean, you asked me earlier where I thought my career was going. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I'll I, I would imagine it's going to be similar to what's happening and has been happening, which is a combination of of performing and teaching. Yeah, and that's really when I. I'm most happy. I'm. I, I see that for you, actually. Because they inform each other, you know. Yeah. And when it, and and like this show I just did, I get to do both in the same freaking show. Amazing. How cool is that? I mean, honestly, that's something that most people don't have the luxury of. I was saying I've been a teaching artist for more than let's see, it's been more than it's been about almost years. twenty years. Twenty years. If you count that just... first YMCA after school class. That if, if that was I was yeah. doing arts with them, and I've, I've been doing arts before that. But uh, let's say twenty years. That was around nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah. So you know, and it and I lost my train of thought. But I. Um, but but no, that but the the this is the first time that you've oh, been in the in show. in twenty years. And... This is the first time I've had a chance to create content around a show that I'm in. Yes, and blend both that performance aspect and yeah. the teaching aspect. That's so it took you know, but I'm here. Here I am. That's really great. Yeah. So I feel like for me. You know, this project is my way of being inside of the teaching it's arts great. world because I've been a full-time, I'm like a full-time administrator in, what is that, like the sheep and the wolf, what's that term? What? <laughs> the, you know, the, 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 the predator? Term. No, 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 so like a sheep in wolf's clothing, Yeah. right? A sheep. Yeah, so you're, that means that you're like a, a wolf who dresses up like a sheep and then eats a sheep. No, a wolf in sheep's clothing is the term. A wolf inside of a sheep. Right, a wolf dressed like sucks. a sheep who then eats a sheep. Right, so I'm a teaching artist dressed up as a... <laughs> so are you going to eat me? No, I want to teach you. <laughs> so you're a teach... You're a teach in wolf's clothing. Get it? Yes. I don't know. I'm, the, I'll stop So talking if the now. administrator is the wolf, <laughs> some could be, I guess. There are wolves out there. You gotta or, keep yourself safe. Kids. Or maybe it's a different term. But 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 basically, like in my heart, I'm a teaching artist, even though I I do not make my bread I, and butter. I understand what you're saying now. What's so you're you're a teacher. You're a teach dressed up in an administrator's clothing. <laughs> yes, that's it. Got it. I'm a TA. A TA in clothing. In clothing. But I I think that yeah the the focus of my my. My work has been about teaching artists because without, you know, without really strong teaching artists, your work just doesn't flourish. Yeah. And, and I have to say, like, there are a lot of different markets, different cities, different organizations I've worked in that there has been a huge range of teaching artists. Yeah. So you have, you know, you got people who have made it a lifelong career, who have lots of degrees, who have lots of training, and and and, and there's that, and then there's there's young there's a lot of younger folks here in San Diego who you know did a couple plays, and 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 they and they they 
studied theater in college and, and they have no teaching experience and they've never really worked as a professional artist, but you don't need that. But then they find their way in and they, it's, you know, there's a couple mentor programs here in town that get people up to speed and, and you start, you just got to start somewhere and you'll learn so much by doing it and you'll constantly be getting better if you're paying attention and if it's something that you're curious about and it's something that you have a goal with, you'll get better at it. Just like yeah. anything, you got to practice. So you got to practice. That's just about hours spent, you know? That's what I need to do. Is that, you know, I've, I I would like to teach more. I, I, get, I go to schools a lot and I interact with kids. But, like, when I taught that Malcolm X workshop, I, not only that was sort of my my nugget for the year. So I helped to, to map out and sort of um, design the school tool, which, you know, obviously I'm, I approve all the school tools, but like, the resource guides. But, like this one I was definitely in like where do we go how far do we go how much history do we need to put in how much history can we edit um you know what what do we want to make sure we're making clear you know in terms of his of of not just dramaturgical information but history historical information but um I also designed or was part of the team that developed the pre-post work and so going out, developing it, working on the resource yeah. guide and teaching. Luckily, it was a school that was like nearby. <laughs> it was that school that's in um, the old town hall oh. repertory theater. Yeah. Repertory theater. I mean, I love those kids. Um, cool. Like, but yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. And I just wish that I could do that more, which is challenging as a director. Uh, I bet. I mean, staff, a lot of responsibility. Like, there's not a whole lot of stuff that you can do that's on the ground, but... That there's a need for it, and I think that helps to keep me um, focused. But that that community that you're ta- you're talking about that you don't necessarily have inside the classroom, it feels like you do have that in terms of the organization. Um, and I feel the same that that's important for me to be able to go into the schools and teach myself, work you know as as collaboratively as possible with all of the teaching artists, so that they feel like. You know, there isn't that um, barrier that can happen between administrators and teaching yeah, artists. Yeah, are really good about that. Um, that's a really important thing for us. Well, I, that's a good thing. And they don't, yeah. another difference of being out here is, you know, the teaching artists don't meet in the same way that they, even at other organizations besides the New Vic mm-hmm. on the East Coast, I feel like the organizations have the know-how and the wherewithal to get everyone together mm-hmm. and talk about their experience and yeah. learn from each other. That doesn't happen out here. In fact, I haven't. There's sometimes rosters of teaching artists, and I've been teaching at these places for now two years. I haven't met half of them. Oh, wow. I haven't met half of them, and we're like, and sometimes we're in the same school, and I don't even know who they are. Oh. I don't even know what their face looks like. Uh. So, you know, so that's just another example of how you know it's like it's another market. It's a different way, different culture, different way right, to do but, it. But I guess so. One of my questions that I've listed here is, you know, how do you build a, a community, a network? You know, here you've been here for two and a half years. Is you know, is there? Do you think is there a, a way for you to be somebody who helps to develop a network for teaching artists to feel like they're a part of something, whether that you work for the same organizations or not? Um, there's a, a woman who I think you've met before, who runs. She's the second at the education department at La Jolla Playhouse. Her name is Julia Cubby. And I think she recently came to spend some time with you guys. Julia Cubby? Julia Cuppy. Does not ring she, a bell. Um, she may have been, maybe she met with somebody else over there. Because we just had a, a meeting and we were talking about it because we both are working in education departments here in San Diego. And she definitely did have some connection with the new Vic because we were talking about it. And she met some folks there. Oh. And, um, and we were talking about getting something together with that. And we haven't had taken any steps to do it. But, uh, but that's a great... I'm glad you reminded me of that because that is something that can help everybody at large. You know what I mean? Like whether it's resources, whether it's connections, whether it's PDs or whatever, like getting like minded people together is how shit changes. Is there a local radio station? Um, there are a few. Because something that um, I learned about in the when I went to the International Teaching Arts Conference last summer, um, the small group of teaching artists in a local, like UK-based uh, town, decided to create a, a local, uh, uh, sorry, a radio show on a local station where it was all about the arts and it was specifically about 
artists, the different work that they do. Um, and there was this thing about like, they were talking about how can you think about what can we do to highlight teaching artists and artists on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. So there was like, we're going to get together and we're going to have lunch. We're going to showcase and talk about different art projects that we're working on. So then we can also support each other when there's a show or there's this or that. So we know there's like a bulletin and an opportunity to break bread. I think that's a great idea. Um, I think that's a great idea. I'm going to so get back I share that with you yeah. because this is something that I thought, okay, this is what I can do is I can tell people about this because, you know, not everybody is in this room, but that is my job. And they really, they were like, please share this because we think that this has been for us. It's been such a lifeline to create this community. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us teach for the same places. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're an in-demand teaching artist, chances are you're going to work in a few places that a few of those other people are working. So, right. you know, exactly. it's probably not that hard to get people on, the, on a some sort of email list or some sort of yeah. sharing thing. So, what do you think this world would be like if there were no artists? Our particular world, or Our, just a world in general? Uh, this world, the world we know. What would it be like? Yeah, what do you think? I think that it would... My, oh, that's a big one. Um, I think it would be a pretty frightening place for me. I don't know uh, I don't know how that would feel. I think there are some cultures in the world that probably feel that that's the case, that there is so much oppression, whether it's on a government or on you know, types of people or religious views that... I, th- I think a world without the arts is a, a really scary place for a few reasons. One is I think that it's the only real way that we can really start to understand uh, difference and, and how people how people choose to live their lives differently. I think that it's a really interesting look at empathy and, and at keeping peace. Uh, t- t- and without that, I think it's really frightening. I think it would be dangerous. I think it would be... I think it wouldn't be as much fun. Yeah, definitely. I don't. I think people would start to 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 stop to stop engaging and interacting with each other, and I think people there would be a lot more a lot more violence and a lot more uh, situations that that people you know just I don't know. That's a really complicated question. It is complicated. Um, I just think it would just be a really terrible place. Yeah. It would be a terrible, not fun, dangerous place. So so. You know, the world is pretty... I feel like, you know, the last... The world has always been a big place, but in this century, it seems like, you know, the minute something happens, we learn about it very quickly as opposed to needing to wait until the 6 o'clock news or reading the paper the next day. And so if the, 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 the immediacy of media and video, I feel like, has made the world smaller. Um, and yet still, there's this um, detachment, I would say, is happening in certain ways. Um, but we see a lot of violence in the world, and we do have art. So, you know, is there... Do you have an, expl- do you have an explanation for that? Like, what what is the violence that is currently happening in our world with art present in some, some way, shape, or form? Is that... Is the violence... Um, you know, an, not an outlier, but is that, is that, is it connected somehow? Is it, well, I don't know if I'm saying if it is, it, I'm not sure exactly what I'm asking. I think what I'm asking is despite the art, violence is happening. But if we isolate the areas in which some violence is happening, do we think that the arts um, is absence already from those areas or possibly? And I think, you know, the, the parts of the world that, that have, have, cycles of this type of thing I mean I would I would like to think that there are the I haven't been to these places myself but I think that there probably is art present but I don't think that it's I don't think that there is there's a culture of sharing or accepting differences or listening that because if that if that were the case I don't know if it would be happening in the same way and and I think, unfortunately, hum- our, us as human beings is complicated, right? It's like 
from the moment we could hold the club in our hand, there was probably a tri tribes fighting over resources. And that's just survival. And that's something that's inside of us. But I think that there, that we've evolved from that. And I think that I think that there, there is so much going on in the world right now, in our current political situation included, that I think that it's hopefully going to swing back the other way at some point soon. And we will evolve to, to the next phase of humanity where it is more accepting overall and it is more equal overall. And there are resources for everybody. Right. And, the, and it's not just a, a shining few at the top with everything. I think that's really fucked up. Yeah. And I think that's got to change. And, and, and you know, all this climate stuff that's been going on, that has to change as well. Or, or there was a really scary stat that recently came out yeah. that, that, that if, we, if we don't seriously change this, and, and even just the Paris Accord and whatever little limitations and restrictions we are putting on it yeah. isn't doing enough. Yeah. Like, it's got to be a bigger shift of how we are living our lives. Right. And we may not be able. I don't know if humanity can is going to be able to, to evolve fast enough to yeah. to change the way that we become so comfortable by getting everything we want yeah. so quickly, yeah. and literally clicking a few buttons and having anything delivered at your door. You know, like there is a there is a footprint to that. There is a cost to that. Yeah. And um, and it's and we're living the good life right now. And it's and I don't know see how it can really sustain itself. I'm kind of veering off. No, but you're making well, you're making sense to me because I, I'm. I think that, that that's the thing is being able to experience the thing about art is that it's a process, right? Whereas, you know, clicking, you can't just click a button and boom, art. Like you actually have to learn the technique, learn, the, you know, and, and to different degrees of like professional, whatever. But like the, the thing about making art is that you literally make it and it doesn't happen in, a, in, in an instant. What about a computer program? What about a is computer? That I don't. I'm asking. You know, what about a computer design program? Yeah, but you still have to build it. You have to code it. That takes time. You have to learn how to code. What if it's a blank screen and you pick a color and you just go whoosh, across the screen? Then you made something. Wait, but you can't hold that. No, no, you can't. But you made what, it. But you made it. But but yeah. I. So I don't want to discount computer designing and all that as, a, as an art form but I'm, I'm simply saying that like you have to touch it you have to you have create to you have to do something in order yeah. to experience art whereas you know getting food delivered you know, or whatever sure. you want delivered and the clicking of the buttons that's not art no. that, but that instantaneousness I, I understand that like immediacy uh, well here's where I'm concerned is that yeah. you know art like you're saying it is it requires you to show up and do something, right? And it, life is becoming to the to the effect that, like, if you don't want to leave your house, you don't have to leave your house anymore. Yeah. You really don't. And it's not about being agoraphobic or anything, but, like, you could get a job where you work from home, and you can literally have everything delivered. And you don't need to interact with anybody. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the, the culture of, of us needing and wanting things really quickly... I'm finding it with the younger generations that they don't, they may or may not want to engage in a longer process of making something because it's hard. You know what I mean? And you have to show up and you have to actually, you have to go collect the materials. You have to make it. And I don't know. I think they'll always survive. I think they will always be around because there'll be a need for it. There'll be a need for expression or understanding or community. I mean, I think that's the thing that's ultimately going to save or, or break us is that, you know, we are social beings and we yeah. need to feel a part of something. We need to have social interaction. Yeah. We need to feel like we are, you know, similar or, or safe. I think it comes down to feeling safe and our genetics of like, is that thing going to hurt me or am I okay next to it? And that's like the thing about like fight or flight, right? It's like, if that's why we need to label everything and like go through that process in our brain of like, is that something that's going to kill me or is that something that's not going to kill me? And then from there, the options open up. But I, I, I feel for kids of, of today because everything is so fast. And when you ask a kid to like, you know, my mind went to mime first. Yeah. But like, you know, if, I, if you're going to tell a story and, and you're going to pantomime it, you know, like there is a, a series of steps and time you need to put into that. And and I, I just hope that, that there is a need for that real art making thing you're talking about and connection that will inevitably keep us going and hopefully if if we all can get on board with that and find value in that then it will outstretch to every person in this world mm -hmm. and there will be a little bit more understanding a little bit more kindness and 
a little more willing to just share. Yeah. You know, because if you're if you're used to sharing and you're used to listening, if I have two bananas and you have nothing, like I'm gonna give you a banana. I'm not gonna steal your your banana seeds that you're trying to plant. It makes no sense. Yeah. Because together we can have more bananas. Right. But that's the immediacy thing, right? It's like, oh, you have a, you can have one banana now or five bananas in an hour. You've seen that psychological study they do with kids with the cookies? Oh, the marshmallow. Or whatever it is, yeah. yeah. And then and the kids are like, and it's so interesting. That's just like such brain wiring, you know? And, and we have to figure out how to work with that. And I think art does that. That's that's the key. Like, you know, look at communities that have art. Look what's happening. Look at the healing that happens around art and when they go into communities that are suffering and afterwards and you get people that are that, that move on and heal with that, yeah. right? It's like it's like what kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live by yourself in a dark room with no sound and no sensory things happening? Or do you want to like have an opportunity to go to a carnival? Some people would want to just stay in a dark room. I don't know. There's no judgment there, but but I would like I would like to feel you know like I have a community around me, and, and the arts does that for me. Yeah. What do you want the future? Like we talked about a couple of issues in terms of uh, teaching artistry in the field. Is there is there a particular dream that you have I mean, to accomplish? The immediate one would be to, to for everyone to recognize the importance and value of teaching artistry and to support it much more fully. And how would what would that look like? That would look like that would just be you know more organizations doing more work in more places, reaching more kids, well funded well-researched, well-trained people out there assisting the educational system to bring more creative arts into the, into the system. Because I think that it, it is such such a great tool for young people, not only to get all the confidence and the problem-solving skills and all those things that people want in their employees these yeah. days, yeah. but it's, you know, it, I just like the arts in an educational setting because there's so many ways and there's so many different types of the learners that it can hit. And our, our traditional system is just not, it, it's, it's a little broken. I mean, I think it's still, some of it's still doing some good stuff. I mean, I'm a, a product of public school and like, and, and, and that did okay for me, but I also had the luxury and the privilege of going to a public school system that had, that had, that had some resources and that, yeah. and that had teachers that wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not all the public schools have teachers that feel that way. So I recognize that privilege and, but I, you know, I think that, 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 it's all there. It's just it's 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 changing. It's shifting the the cultural feeling to 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 putting just as much emphasis on an arts program in a school yeah. than a sports program. And again, I love the sport. I love sports. There's a lot there, but what's the first to go? Arts. The arts. Oh, and why? Nice. Because that makes so much sense when you want these kids to have these. No wonder everybody's testing so long. These things because. That, that standardized test only works for like yeah. how many percentage of those kids? So yeah, so I think I think we're kind of in an interesting point in life, and I, I think you can look back at history and every point of history has been interesting. For some, there's always some innovation yeah. going on or something in the world that's like, wow, this is an exciting time to live. Yeah. There's plenty of those, but I think we're really at, at, a, at a really good shifting point and an opportunity to look at look at everything yeah. and say what's working, what's not working. And, and choose how we want to move forward and, right. and create the world that we want for the next generations. You know, even though our, our forefathers had a messed up, somewhat messed up version of that, they they did, we are alive in a world that has bridges and resources and stuff that they, that they got together and did. Like, they did that for us and we need to do the same. Hopefully a little bit better as far as equality. Yeah, equality, I mean... <laughs> but but I understand what you mean about like there's a third while things can feel bleak there are some really amazing things that are that are in fact happening that we can bank on not bank on but like continue to, to uh, grow those opportunities yeah um, and it's exciting right right yeah it's so exciting one other point I wanted to make is that something you said earlier made me think about this and, and I don't remember what we were talking about but 
it was sort of like that choice you have in pretty much any choice you're making, right? It's like there is there is an easy choice and then there is like a more difficult, most of the time, a better and right choice, right? So like if I have this coffee cup in my hand, you know, I could throw it on the beach because that's easy, right? But I could then walk it to a garbage can. That's a harder choice. It, there's something that we need to unlock about these, these choices that we have an opportunity to make in a lot of these situations and and instill values in kids and, and adults because I see plenty of adults doing the wrong thing a lot oh, of the time. Yeah. Right? It's like just a little bit more effort. And it's that moment where you have that choice to make to say, if I can just if I can just do a little bit better, and if everybody did that, and I don't know, that's probably not possible, but just imagine go with me for a second. That that you know, that would be a very different world if everybody just took a just a half second in that moment and, and did the extra ten steps of the garbage can. You know what I mean? Even if just on the on a littering issue or a recycling issue, yeah. just that, let alone all the other choices that we make all the time. And I, I fall into that sometimes. I, I, I get lazy or I, I, I think, oh, I can get away with this or something. But I mean, I think kids kids deal with this a lot, right? It's like, what's the what choices do I have? What choice is the, is a better choice? And and there's usually a choice that's that's much worse. That's so much easier. Right, it's so much easier not to apologize. It's so much easier not to get involved in something. It's so much easier not to stand up and give your voice to a, a, somebody who needs a, an ally on the subway. Right, mm -hmm. but it's—I don't know—I'm I'm kind of swirling. Well, but I, it's, but and I think the arts help with that too. I think too, what you're yeah. Well, no, no, no. I think what you're talking about is is a societal thing, right? It's a, yeah. a view on society and how arts because it is a place where you can express yourself, um, process, you know, certain situations, heal, um, that, that, and, and the, the process of doing that kind of work and the, the sort of um, social aspect of it right. has, has ripple effects on how we behave as a society, um, whether it's on the, the micro level of, you know, who, who's, you know what who is immediately in my community whether it's a school community or a neighborhood or a beach yeah. right um versus the macro of like how we interact with others who are different than us exactly yeah. and that goes back to our earlier point of like i think that the arts is, is a direct pipeline into just kind of seeing people for other people yeah and being kind yeah and working together and, and having building empathy yeah big time more of that more so much more I you know where I started to go <laughs> where well I was thinking about how the arts were present present in our president's life or if they were and like the misunderstanding of almost everything I would be curious to see and look at some sort of portfolio of Donald. You're talking about Trump. I am. Talk, look at his life and to see what, what if any. And there, I mean, he was very privileged growing up. So I mean, there might have been music lessons or something in there. I would be curious to see, just to just to see to test our theory. Yeah. Because I would I would argue that if Donald Trump, young Donald Trump, was in one of our programs, mm -hmm. that maybe I mean. May or may not be turned out differently, but I mean, it couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. I'd like to end on a, on a positive note, though. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um, so I've asked you so many questions, but I it's, this will be a two-part question, going back to teaching specifically, okay? Mm -hmm. What does teaching do for your being? And you sort of have talked about it earlier about this, like you get chills when things are yeah. um, going in flow or when a kid gets something. But like, what is the what is the intangible buzz, the thing that you get when you're when everything's in flow? Like, what is that? Like, are you always searching for that when you're designing work? 
or is it happenstance? Is it a discovery? You know, do you know what I'm saying? I think so. But you, you're asking me to, to take that moment of all circuits firing and put it in, into what that is? Yeah, wh wh how would you name that? Um, I, I, I mean, one easy that. way that gets thrown around a lot is being in the moment. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something about really being present with another person in, an art, in a moment where you're collaborating that time kind of starts to either slow down or, or, or I don't know, there's something about being that vulnerable and open with another person doing the same that is just kind of where it's at. You know, because it, when you get into that space, whether it's with a lover or with, with uh, something you're performing or a moment in a classroom, it's just the reason that, that, that those things are happening, I would argue, is that you're actually open and listening and, and able to effortlessly navigate situations and create stuff. And, and it's it's unbelievable. It's an incredible feeling, and it's I think it's one of the reasons I keep coming back to it because it feels when you get to that state, it, it feels at home. that's kind of being at home for me. You know, you know yeah. that idea of being at home, and, and I feel that. In, and, and for whatever reason, my gifts lend that in the classroom and on the stage. And I'm really grateful and happy to have found those because before that, mm -hmm. you know. I, we have so many choices in our lives. We can end up anywhere. We can do anything. And those things change as, as our lives unfold. But um, but I feel like I've, I've found two things that that, that, I, that I'm good at and that I have gifts at and that I that I that I feel like I can help help people out with. So I'm not sure if I really answered your question. You, you, did, you did. You did. I mean, everybody, you can have your own in it. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, but it's, like, it's cool, though. I mean, it's like, and that can happen with anything. It doesn't have to be teaching, but you know. No. But I, I agree. There is, there is a, there is a. I always thought call it like a buzz and almost like. I'm so present that I'm, not there, and it's just going yeah. and like everything's flowing and there's no, big thought process in, in, in needed. You yeah. just go with it and it's great and like you can tell. Because there's something that shifts in the in the energy in the room with the people that you're yeah. teaching, and you're shifted, and we're all in this together. We're creating. You know, there's just like it's in. I don't. I don't know how to describe it, which is why I ask everybody else to see what the, how they describe yeah. it. There are some ensembles that strive to get to a place where they're breathing together, and I and, and you know whether you believe. But I think it's about it's about awareness and, and openness and vulnerability and listening. And when that when there's a few people that are doing that, it, you become a sort of seamless organism, mm -hmm. and uh, and you realize that you don't have to muscle things through and you don't have to do that much. It just you know it just kind of flows. It's like breathing. It just sort of flows out. Right. Um, and I get that from teaching. You know that doesn't happen all the time. No, it's not but, every single time. No, no, no. But, but you know, but that's you know, you you set up a situation in a room and in a culture and a and an ensemble that that is gonna maybe get a couple steps closer to that, and that's cool. Totally. Yeah. Skyler, this has been fantastic. It's like the sound of the waves. Sounds of the waves, the trees, the birds. There's no trees. Oh, yes, there are palm trees. Um, we're now we're like bundled. <laughs> It was so hot before. Um, well, I want to thank you for being a part of teaching our issue with Courtney J. Body, because I'm Courtney J. Body. <laughs> Courtney, that was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I look forward to seeing what new things you do and where the, all, all the places you'll go. Ooh. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Episode 9, Act 2 of Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body, Skylar Sullivan, The Choice of No Bounds. Join us next time for an interview with Edie Demas. Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Totten is the creative content manager. John o. Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org. Follow us on Twitter at TA underscore artistry. 
like our page on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud, subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life. Let's start it up now. Let's start it up now. Let's start it up now. Ooh.